This episode of post Ask Draft is brought to you by Jilt. Jilt offers email marketing built for e-commerce stores. There are so many things that you can do with Jilt that you probably don't know about. You can write your standard newsletters. You can segment those and any other email that you send by almost any metric you can imagine because you can filter and uh, organize based on any order data that's in your store. There are awesome automation sequences built into Jilt as templates to help you, or you can build custom ones all on your own. There are great analytics to help you track everything that you do. One of my favorite things is sending transaction emails with Jilt so that I can have custom receipts for custom types of orders and products. Check out Jilt today. It does so much. I think you'll really love it. Go to Jilt.com, and thanks to Jilt for being a post-status partner. Now here's the show. Hello and welcome to the Draft Podcast. My name is Brian Krogsgaard. I am here with Matt Medeiros, a thought leader in the WordPress Ooh, landscape. Jesus. <laughs> thanks for having me, Brian. <laughs> yeah, thanks for being on. Uh, so you posed a question on Twitter, uh, and I want to learn more about your perspective on it, talk about it from a community perspective, an opportunities mm-hmm. perspective. Let me read the tweet. We're reading tweets on air. You said, there are plenty of open source CMS solutions we can turn to, but none create as much opportunity as WordPress has or can, warts and all. WP has seeded great software, communities, careers, and independent voices. I don't want to see that erode into the ocean of nothingness. So my immediate reaction was whether or not you consider that a serious risk, and if so, why specifically? So why don't we start with just saying what's kind of what's kind of rumbling in your belly that like makes a comment like that come out in the first place? Well, there's a lot. Um, there's you know there's reactions from well, I mean, yeah, I mean everybody knows the sort of sh- the storm we've been in since the, uh, the 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 release of Gutenberg and the upcoming release of Gutenberg and lack of clarity around the project and leadership and yada 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 and governance has been thrown around and now over the course of the year you know the dust that everyone predicted to settle was primarily around the software of WordPress. Like, oh my God, what's going to happen to people editing WordPress with this Gutenberg thing? And we thought it was going to be like a year 2000 scenario where there was going to just be like this fallout of technical hurdles that people couldn't, couldn't overcome. And what we've seen, or at least from my perspective, we've seen is just a, a loss of, of community, a loss of morale uh, in in some larger pockets uh, of either well-known WordPress people or just people who just fly under the radar that are really good WordPress developers exiting the space. Um, people sort of just throwing their hands up like, you know, I'm just done with this community. It's, it's just not for me. And it's it's a little bit of a change, right? It's like, oh, they don't want to get, they don't want to change. They, they, they want their classic editor, right? They, or they just want it to be the same way. Um, but a little bit of it is they just don't feel like they're part of something anymore. And it's the human capital that I feel we've really lost on. And this tweet was also in the wake of the Salesforce uh, investment into mm-hmm. into automatic. And you know, here we are, you know, years and years. And this is stuff that you and I have been talking about literally for years is you know this dilution of the .com .org branding. Where does it end? Where does it begin? Who owns what? Who gets what? Who reaps the benefits from all of this stuff? And the fear factor for me is like, I don't want people to give up on WordPress so quickly because WordPress to me is, is the freedom to publish content and own your content on any platform as we know it today. And I'm not against Mullenweg and Automatic, and I don't think we would be where we are today without his efforts, their efforts 
but especially our community's efforts. And the I want people to stay connected to fight for a platform that we can be proud of and not give up because what happens when everyone gives up? Well, Salesforce invests another $100 million. You know, Microsoft invests $300 million. And before you know it, there's a lot of corporate um, bias or at least, you know, they're rubbing shoulders at a level that we're not involved in anymore. And we don't know where WordPress would go or will go, you know, after this. I was having a conversation with Rob Walling from Tiny Seed the other day for my podcast, you know, and he said, look, you know, there's a lot of founders out there that we never thought would just give up and and move away from their company. So, you know, Craig Newmark from Craigslist, let's, you know, as an example, like, yeah. you, I mean, whoever the guys, it couldn't be any more similar to Matt. His name is in the business. Matt's name is in the business. What happens when these guys walk away? And the big money is the only large influence in the room. So that's a long answer to, I don't want people to give up. I see people giving up and I don't want that, uh, that dream of democratization of, of our content to die um, because I don't know where the leadership is bringing this and we don't know what's going to happen in the future. All right. Yeah. Okay, so you bring me many things that I want to <laughs> I want to pull out of that statement, sure, and find out uh, what's like new versus what's just uh, maybe it's a confirmation of thing long long uh, long thought fears or something. Mm-hmm. So let's start with let's start with the Salesforce stuff. I mean, Automatics raised a lot of money before. Is it just the amount of money, and uh, do you have some perception that? Salesforce thinks they're getting more than just automatic, that Salesforce thinks they're dipping their toes into the WordPress space uh, beyond or that they don't understand WordPress versus automatic. What's the discrepancy there versus when they raised 100 plus million five years ago or whenever it was? I know nothing about the deal, right? <laughs> I mean, if you should subtract the pr- amount of percentage I know about this deal, right? I know three negative 3,000% of what's happened behind the room uh, or behind the curtain but I just look at it just reading through the headlines uh, in the conversation that Matt was quoted in, you know, about, hey, I think, you know, just paraphrasing, I think there's some great partnership stuff that, uh, uh, that we can do with Salesforce. Mark Benioff said that there's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity in the enterprise. And, and when I hear those things, all I'm hearing is eventual you know, dot com integration to Salesforce, uh, Jetpack to Salesforce, uh, or just like, you know, influence from Salesforce into into the software. Hey, you know what? Let's not release this portion open source and or whatever. Let's not put that cool feature into core. Let's put that into Jetpack or to dot com only. Um, you know, those are the threads of fear that I have when I read sort of the uh, when I pull out some of the quotes from from Matt okay. and articles. So if I summarize that, it's there's a lot of money. And the question is more money being pumped into automatic uh, and then automatic ideas or influence going into various integrations like Salesforce. That's in lieu of, say, direct WordPress to Salesforce or WordPress itself. It's more like more automatic-y stuff is kind of hanging on to whatever happens in the WordPress landscape. That It just kind of reinforces that idea. I'm not against the Salesforce investment. Automatic needs to make, like WordPress needs automatic. The community needs automatic. And my my argument isn't really about that. It's about the perception that other people take on that in the community and they immediately just throw up their hands. Like, you know, people think that, 
it's bad that they get money. I don't think it's bad that they get money. Um, Matt is up against a lot of the same challenges that you and I are and many other businesses are. Like plenty of ideas, plenty of opportunity, not enough time, not enough manpower to do it, even with all the money in the world. And when they make moves like this, yeah, God, God willing, this is going to help improve the platform for everyone. Um, I like to have that little 20% of risk factor up there or identifying that risk factor. Of what is a big corporation going to do to WordPress? Like, how is it going to influence it? I'm not against the deal. I'm against how it's handled, I guess, and how people take to it in the community. Like they're like, oh God, they're making, they're bringing in more money. I'm out of here. Like, no people, <laughs> you know, we, we got to stick around. Like they need to survive. If they don't okay. survive, we so don't some survive. Some of it's just around potential, how the information flows down to mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. within the community. When Let's you already have into- a lack of, sorry, one real quick. I mean, what really connects is, is when you, when there's a lack of like roadmap clarity, direction or governance, you know, popular word. And then this stuff starts happening. You just like, you just feel out of control, right? You feel like you don't have any stake in this, in this anymore. And I think that's what resonates with a lot. Yeah. I want to get on to the contributor side of things and blend it with the Gutenberg stuff. So, I mean, everybody in the world knew WordPress editing needed help. That's not what the debate is about. It's more about the fact that um, most of the contributors to Gutenberg came from Automatic. It was like a onslaught of automaticians. It happened all on uh, GitHub where it was mostly Automatic people focusing on it. And then there was some siloing in terms of trying to keep up with what's happening and all that. So it didn't feel like it was a feature development in the same in the same light, like in the same way that other features big features went into WordPress. Is that roughly how you would also account for yeah. how Gutenberg was developed? Yeah. Yeah. Again, and I think I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I agree with you. The argument is not like, of course we need this. We yeah. Need yeah. This. <laughs> it's more like just, it seemed like a mostly automatic project. And by the way, it's going Correct. to core. Right. Uh, in addition to that, another thing that I've also seen is it, uh, there was so much focus on Gutenberg uh, from the top but it was like, well, anything else in WordPress, like all the normal flow of things of component maintain- maintenance and development, et cetera, like it got backburnered and people felt like their contributions were less uh, cared for, less relevant to what is important in WordPress, that kind of stuff. And you see outflows of contributorship from that kind of lack of appreciation. Yeah. I mean, one of the milestone podcasts that I had ever done was with Matt based off of the statement that he had made years ago that Jetpack was the reason for, you know, WordPress adoption. And that has stuck with me forever because that was him sort of forecasting the future, right? Like that was him looking where he's going to be, not even this year, next year, potentially where because of Jetpack, people have been able to use WordPress. And that was like, no, man, like there's so many people. I'm responsible for a thousand web- websites out there running WordPress. And I'm sure you the same and everybody else listening to this. Like it's not just Jetpack, it's the whole community collectively. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've had, and I'm sure you have private conversations with a ton of people that are like, we're done, man. Give me a flat file CMS. <laughs> you know, I'm out of here. <laughs> Give me something great to use, you know? And yeah, like, well, this I'm, this is where I'm not, I'm not, I, there's, a, there's some kind of dissonance and separation there. And I don't know why I'm not, on the same page. But um, to me, the community has changed for sure. The stakeholders have changed. The developer interests or the barrier to entry, a lot of these things have changed. But nothing has changed in my mind from a leadership perspective. Matt's still in charge. He's always been in charge. 
it's more maybe the consequences are greater now or like the stakes are greater because there's bigger businesses involved. Uh, maybe that's it. But it doesn't feel like uh, a whole lot is particularly different. I think what you say about Jetpack is interesting. I don't necessarily agree that Jetpack is the reason WordPress has had mass adoption. Um, but I, I don't say that. Matt said that. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know that I agree with Matt either. Um, but it's, uh, I don't, I'm not really on the side of things where it seems like, uh, you know, there's no hope and, uh, you know, the community is gone. Automatic is in charge. That doesn't, none of that really connects with me. Uh, because I don't think a whole lot has changed except for maybe some broad community sentiment. And I'm trying to understand why has the community sentiment started to change? I think you have to, um, we're on the down cycle of opportunity of traditional WordPress businesses of selling themes and plugins. That is absolute okay. like theme theme shops. Forget about it. Right. Look at yeah, Elementor. So the theme business is dead. Therefore, that's bad. Or well, no. What this is is there's a there. Uh, look, I'm a huge proponent on the blue collar digital worker. Right. Okay. Because because literally that's what I am. Right. I have yeah. sold hundreds of thousands of dollars in my. 10 year span in WordPress of digital products over the course of 10 years. Not hundred thousands of dollars a year or a month, but over the course of 10 years, right? Um, I am like on second base and Syed has already scored 12 runs, right? Like you know, I'm I'm not nowhere near, you know, what what he's done. Um, but what I've seen and what others have echoed is that business, like the digital product business has changed consultancy has changed um, because more people in the space, tooling around building websites is easier. Um, you know, if you try to start a theme business, you can't. And if you, even if you have a niche plugin business, I mean, I just did a video about Elementor's page, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, gallery plugin. Like they are doing what WordPress needs to do and build an entire ecosystem within their own within their own ecosystem. They need to build their own platform. And that's exactly what WordPress is going to do with Je or Automatic is going to do with Jetpack. Um, you're going to get gobbled up if you're not a huge, huge player. And I think what we're feeling is a lot of people saying, damn, business is getting tough again. Not terrible, but just getting tough again. And I, I, I'm not going to keep swinging for the fences and, and, and only make a few thousand bucks a month and be frustrated at that. Now, with that comes the opportunity. And right now, the opportunity will be in Gutenberg and Blocks and whatever else is next. Um, and I think that a lot of people, what I'm trying to do is tell people, look, you don't have to run away entirely from WordPress. You can still find new opportunity, but we're just on a downswing and you got to find what what's next. Like you did seven years ago and started building themes. What's next? Gatsby powered themes? I don't know. Like figure it out. So it seems like one thing that you're saying is that it's a little, it's harder today maybe significantly harder to be a micro business in WordPress, a one, two, three person shop, um, selling stuff, themes, plugins, even doing higher end consulting and the landscape has changed and that's squeezing out some traditional community members. In your I wouldn't even say it's in my mind. It's because I would say that a large chunk of the community is that fits that profile. Um, I'd have to note, and this is really what's been sticking with me and I don't want to put words in his mouth. But if you go over to our uh, our frenemy podcast, the Hallway Chats folks, hallwaychats.com, episode 110, they interviewed Paul Euler. And he talked about how difficult it is as a small uh, freelancer in this space to find business. And what we have to look at is people, not everyone 
is adopting the newest technology straight out of the gate, consuming it, living and breathing this stuff. Um, they learn, let's say Beaver Builder, for example, it takes them five months to get comfortable with using that. And they say, my God, okay, I've learned it. I can make a business out of this. Let me go find a customer. And then all of a sudden it's like Gutenberg blocks JavaScript, right? You have all these people that kind of made their way with HTML and CSS. And now the platform is escaping them because you know we're pushing out new technology and you're always getting pulled in another direction. Like you shouldn't use this. You're a fool if you use this, this development <laughs> stack, right? No, I'm serious. Like this is how, what people go through. And, and like, even I'm reading some of this stuff and I'm like, what is all like, I think you tweeted like grunt and all this crap. And I'm like, I just want to install a plugin, man. I just want to install this plugin and use it. Like, I don't want to have to learn all this other stuff. And I see a lot of freelancers struggling, struggling with that, both online and in my, um, in my local meetup. There's a, there's a fellow there that's, who started out doing letterpress letters, and he actually, he did, or letterpress business cards and other you know, uh, paper stationary. materials, stationery. He actually did my business cards when I first started my company over a decade ago. And he's like, he comes to the meetings, a younger guy, he's like in his 40s, you know, and he's like, I'm still comfortable using Genesis. Like I, I can't get away from using my studio press themes because I just, I can't rock the boat. Like I have to focus on. Is that problematic? I mean, Genesis and studio press is still, it works, you know, it's not a, there's nothing wrong with it. Well, when you're in, so as, and this is, again, this is just my, my take on it. If you're a small business owner freelancing and you're going after other small business owners, who's advertising to other small business owners, Wix, Squarespace, all these other people. Okay, so you're saying from a product perspective, stuff he may be comfortable in with WordPress is not competing against what Wix is offering with drag and drop page builders and that kind of stuff. Mm, no, so I think what the what the challenge is, is these folks are, are trying to learn this stuff. They're site wranglers, like you mentioned uh, in other podcasts. Yeah. They finally have got themselves comfortable with tooling you know, and they're going after other small businesses and serving that market, which is great. But that market is getting told you don't need to spend thousands of dollars to hire somebody, right? And this, you know, chap is charging whatever, a couple thousand bucks. And now his customer is saying, "Why am I?" You know, I understand you have that's how the you know the business, the market they have to make it. But there's just so much competition now that a WordPress freelancer might just feel uh, overwhelmed and and inadequate to keep up with this kind of technology. Um, and then when they see all these other things happening in the WordPress space, they're like, ah, throw my hands up. I don't, I don't care what happens anymore, you know? And I want people to care what happens to WordPress. Um, so that's just an example. Like that's, you know, that's an example of uh, things are getting more challenging, I believe, for, for the freelancer out there. Let's take a break to say thanks to Jilt. Did you know that it's compatible with WooCommerce memberships, WooCommerce subscriptions, product bundles, and EDD software licensing? That's right. You can automatically send emails based on all kinds of criteria within those extensions and different platforms. It's really an awesome tool. Uh, those automations are super helpful. For instance, I can use this with uh, memberships on post status when I want to send a pre-renewal reminder or if I want to send a confirmation depending on which plan someone purchased from me. All of that's built right in. There are even templates so that you can get going with it right away. And it's just super awesome. Uh, also, the segmentation on Jilt makes it to where you can do things like thank your VIP customers. Maybe once someone spent $1,000 on your store, maybe once they've been 
uh, a repeat customer four or five times. All of that is super doable with Jilt. It's incredibly awesome. It is email marketing built for e-commerce stores. It is your one-stop shop now with e-commerce stores. You can do all of your email marketing directly in Jilt, from newsletters to automations, the abandoned carts that you knew Jilt for for a long time, all that good stuff. Jilt can do it. Go to jilt.com. Thanks to Jilt for being a post status partner. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah. Okay, so we've got... Uh, I would say like consequences of consolidation. It's ha- much harder to run a small product, run a yep. small consulting firm. Um, at the same time, we're seeing massive growth on the larger ones. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe not always on the plug-in side. It's funny. It's the ceilings are a little harder to bust to cut through. Uh, maybe on the independent software developer side, like if you're a 20-person business, like going to become a 50-person business or whatever for a plug-in company might be a little harder. But the consulting services, the high-end ones seem to just be growing as much as they want. <laughs> you know, like yeah. as, as long as they hire, they've got clients that they can pull on and continue to scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're seeing, you know, hosting companies gobble up talent from that independent blue-collar WordPress worker market like you, mm-hmm. like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- there is opportunity in that consolidation for people to go get a steady job, but the entrepreneurial side goes away, I guess, on, on some of that. And that's a, yeah. natural, a natural change. On the other side, you have the squeeze of people that are uh, more like you know your freelancers building websites, and they're getting hit from the bottom end by the Wixes and the Squarespaces where, okay, they, it's harder to charge $5,000 for doing the whole website for someone they're not in a lot of code doing that, but they're probably in some. It's pretty technical as an endeavor, building out this WordPress website to spec, and they're competing against someone dragging and dropping a Wix website, doing it themselves in a couple of days, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say WordPress actually needs to be competitive in that market? Uh, yeah, I mean, they do. Because like I've mentioned on other podcasts that I do, as a mentor in an accelerator, a local accelerator in my area, the number one tool that people are using to build websites is Squarespace because they don't, they, there's an overhead to, to WordPress that they just can't handle. And I, as, as, you know, as the guy who comes in and talks about web and content and stuff like that, you know, the first few years I was doing it, people's minds are like melting, like having to install this stuff and manage it. Like they're in the process of learning how to launch a business. They don't have time for this. You know, and now like when I do my presentation, it's like, if you're not competing with anybody, (laughs) then start with Squarespace. If you have a lot of competitors and you need to customize or do special functions in your business, then start the the investment with WordPress because that's where the the major gains are made. Um, So yes, WordPress needs to, uh, to compete. And I don't disagree with that but I think what we can all agree on is, you know, the thing that's going to bridge the gap for most users is going to be Jetpack. And we just don't know like where the roadmap is. And again, to look down at the blue collar plugin developer, who's going to lose to Jetpack because now Jetpack does everything, right? And that's my particular take on, you know, you know yes, they have to compete. But the mothership of Jetpack is above us, <laughs> so we don't know like where it can go. And I don't disagree with the with it. I just say, boy, it would be great if there were like a product manager at at Automatic um, that was like, here's a roadmap for Jetpack. We're growing X Y Z percent a month or a year, whatever. Like you know your typical startup because that's how it's run. Uh, we would love to see that kind of clarity uh, uh, versus like. Hey, a bunch of open source people build some awesome, cool featured plugins, and then Jetpack goes, "That's a great idea. I'm going to throw that into mine." Uh, and then, you know, that said blue collar 
plugin developer loses, right? So, so that's now you got the, the particular developer, the developer crowd. There's a couple things going on there. The Barrett entry is harder, I guess. It's not you know PHP and uh, mm-hmm. things that they learned WordPress on. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know much more JavaScript centric. JavaScript frameworks, uh, things like that. And also you're saying the competition, the the ever-present threat of your plugin or whatever being gobbled up into a larger ecosystem, whether it's Jetpack or someone else's. Right. Um, has right. that WordPress changed? Has no. that changed over the past three or four years or has that been a, been I would, a threat? Yeah, I would say the development and feature set of Jetpack is, has grown rapidly. I mean, I guess we could just look at GitHub to see like what the commits are over the years as like a 50,000 foot view on that. But, but yeah, I mean, I would say with just, you know, trying to recall all the headlines I see on the tavern about new features in Jetpack, certainly, um, you know, and a lot of distasteful things that happen with upsells with Jetpack. And, um, you know, again, like, I, I don't think that there's a lot of people who are still over the fact that a decade ago, it wasn't, you know, hey, man, don't be don't be monetizing your plugin. <laughs> this is this stuff is free, man. Like this is you know you shouldn't do that, right? And if you're anybody like me, and you had some some war scars from uh, submitting themes to uh, WordPress.org, and they would just get ripped apart for having you know a couple upsell ads, which was uh, which was crazy. Um, you're kind of like sitting there going, well, is it fair that these other people get that and the other people don't? And we've seen this a million times. Uh, but certainly from Jetpack, when it comes comes from Matt, when at a time he was like totally against charging for a plugin, right? And now it's like you activate Jetpack and it's like, here's a buy now button. Every time I hit update or save on a post, it's like, don't forget to back up. You can buy some professional services from Jetpack. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I know. It's a sassification of self-hosted WordPress is the phrase that I've thrown around. Like they're they're turning everyone's self-hosted WordPress into a semi-contained SaaS app where you can actually, you know, put these little hot buttons and triggers and call to actions that you normally see in a Salesforce or whatever. Yeah, and some of that's happening uh, across the ecosystem too, where people are mm-hmm. realizing where the the business path forward for them is more of a SaaS model um, rather than selling access to self-hosted software. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is a lot of stuff. I want to, I, I appreciate all of it. I've been trying to wrangle some of these ideas myself as well. I've really focused on the consolidation side of things and what that means for people working in the ecosystem um, and also the challenges for product makers. I want to dig into the opportunity side of things. We've had 27 minutes of uh, threats. (laughs) Of the the world is over? (laughs) Yeah, the world is over. I I I I guess you didn't see my calendar invite that I sent you. Yeah, I did, and I didn't know what it was at first. <laughs> uh, we're gonna keep we'll it PG save that for post-status members. Save that yeah, for we're gonna keep it PG thirteen on this podcast. But the calendar invite title was not PG thirteen, and I was like, right. what? I was like, who put this here? Uh, I forgot someone could add something to my account. Anyway, yeah. Um, so now let's talk about opportunities because I think there are a lot of opportunities. I personally think that the what we've had so far. Now there's plenty of there's plenty of stuff that's complicated, like governance, like corporate uh, corporate balance, 
like the role automatic plays in the in an open source ecosystem. Those things are really challenging. But I want to talk about what are the business opportunities, what are the employment opportunities, what are the uh, you know what what's out there in the world. What why should someone be excited about this space? And I actually think that uh, it's a time where people should be excited about being in this space. And there's a lot that can be done because there's still a lot to do. Um, and I, I want to I want to dig into that first by asking you what do you see in terms of some of the big opportunities out there. Uh, so since I've been at Pagely for a couple of years, I've seen uh, uh, just new areas of the industry that I would have never been privy to if I was just running my, you know, agency and uh, and small digital shop. Um, you know, the big things that I see people are doing. So I would say the big target, yeah, it's going to be Gutenberg, and it's going to be um, adopting that to high traffic sites, customized sites, and right now, seeing how people are leveraging that in large scale sites is 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 pretty awesome right um, you know I think if you can figure out things like publishing workflows or editorial workflows I should say with Gutenberg and um, you know really decoupling Gutenberg from just the post and page editors and and putting them in other parts of the admin or um, you know making that more front end um, I think if you're investing in Gutenberg you're smart because you have no you really have no choice when it, when it comes to it. Um, and the good thing about that is there's always a risk in, you know, let's say building an entire site out of Beaver Builder. There's a huge risk. There's a bigger risk for building an entire site out of Elementor because of how fast that they, they iterate and change. There's a lesser risk for Beaver Builder because those guys are smaller. They're, they're doing things at a different pace and they're doing things for a different purpose. So there's a little bit more security there. If you build an entire site out of Gutenberg, well, you're much more uh, uh, connected or, or, or it's a slower pace than you know, a commercial plugin. They're not trying to throw every bell and whistle in there. At least you can say, well, I can rely on the core team. I can rely on the open source community to iterate on Gutenberg and it's not going to go you know, I'm not going to get a pop-up plugin integrated into this or whatever. Um, so right now, yeah, the the huge the huge mark, as much as a lot of people, you know, want to shun it, uh, is what people are going to do with Gutenberg. You know, in my opinion, I love Gutenberg now. <laughs> you think that's from a consulting perspective and also a plugin, like a product perspective, like building things where that utilize Gutenberg? Uh, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I will say yes. I, I'm still. I mean, what are we going to be installing? in two years from now. Are we going to be installing plugins? Are we going to be installing blocks? Like, where's the well, concept? There's going to be a block you know? directory. Right. There's going to be a block directory, like, uh, but a but a block is really a plugin anyway. And if it's not a plugin, why not? You know, will there ever be some, like, cloud infrastructure for where these blocks live that we can't touch or see or something? Like, I don't know. Um, and do we face the same threat of plugin bloat uh, you know, you're going to, you're going to see like, Hey, everybody's got this awesome block plugin. It's got a hundred blocks in it. Uh, but this other plugin over here has one block that I need, but I have to install a hundred of these blocks just to get it right. Like, or I have to install this plugin that's going to install yeah, I think that's the idea blocks. of the block directory though, because they're yeah. individualized. Individualized. Right. So, you know, I just don't know, but I know that right now, yes, that's, that's your opportunity. At least from what I see, you know, at Pagely with high scale sites and like what people are doing with them, with it and the ad. So, Somebody build me a decoupled admin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that actually, 
you bring up something very interesting there, decoupling the admin, maybe right. creating a uh, framework or an API of sorts for creating custom admins. Mm-hmm. That's something where the core team has not shown interest in really offering that. And I think if there was, uh, if someone put that together so that so that you could take building blocks of code and, and and plop them together to create custom interfaces for WordPress. I think that would be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, and the type of business model that could exist. I mean, imagine a world where you just you just wanted to have a WordPress that was just posts, not even a media gallery, right? You just like you had user authentication and posts. And you could literally just do that by saying, I want the post block, and I want user authentication block. And I'm never going to ever change themes. And everything. it's just going to be this one thing. And like when you install your WordPress with those two blocks, it's just that, right? And super lightweight. Um, so yeah, I can see a world where that exists. And that's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, I'd love to see something like that where you can tailor the whole experience right? however is designed. And I think in that world, I think a consultant also has a lot of potential as well because yeah. you you're not throwing the kitchen sink at something you're throwing uh, a solution that someone cannot feel terrified to log into and and use and that could have a serious advantage over other stuff in the market whether that's some kind of web application software or hosted solution whatever uh, when a consultant can cater the administrative experience to a particular client uh, it reminds me a bit of some of the stuff that's going on in the Laravel community, for example, uh, for how you kind of pull these tools together. They're technical tools to interface with, but then the end product is something that is quite useful and usable by, uh, you know, whoever's building the business, the person mm-hmm. that doesn't have time for all this crap, like you were talking mm-hmm. about. Right. Um, all right. So from an opportunity perspective, <laughs> one of my things is I think that for a long time, Chris Lemus talked about this at times too, people have built businesses where they were really building a feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something that could be a feature of something bigger. And therefore, they can go out of business or get gobbled up because the something bigger comes in and does it. Whether that's Automatic or GoDaddy or Pagely or whoever, uh, things like whether it's backup plugins or whether it's some kind of uh, a block, a custom block or a custom post type with meta boxes or, you know, like these things that people have built little lifestyle businesses out of. I think they're kind of natural candidates to get gobbled up. But it doesn't tell it doesn't tell me that the opportunity is gone. One of the reasons why I say that is because these larger places that are trying to create whole experiences and they're investing in WordPress to do it, there is enormous opportunity. Uh, and granted, that may not be entrepreneurial. It may be going and getting a job. But you know what? You're you're still usually working remotely, working with a software and a community that you enjoy, with people that you've gotten to know, uh, in an ecosystem where ownership of content is important and using WordPress has clear benefits and they're investing in that. And I think that's really fascinating. Uh, so going and building the the tooling and the features, say at a hosting company, that equips people to use WordPress in a better way. Do you think that is too cynical of a positive spin? Look, I mean, I am like Tom Brady. I don't <laughs> want to stop playing football, right? I don't want to stop being, you know, entrepreneurial in the WordPress space, but I totally get what you're saying and I totally agree with it. It it could be possible, right? That we are now living in the age of uh well, like what my calendar invite said or uh, <laughs> that you know, this is you know, really looking at the times of like, yeah, this is the major market shift that's happening right now. Um, you know, it 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 sucks to say it or to admit it, and maybe it's not happening, but um 
I agree. I, I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I believe that, yeah, that that's, that could be the, the flow that, you know, this all takes, but, um, it feels you know. like a natural evolution to me to go from a world where, you know, 2007, 2008, nobody realizes that you can build a business with WordPress as a significant backbone of that business. And then 2013, 14, you have a thousand of these businesses or 2000, how I have no idea. And then in 2020, you have 200 of those businesses, you know, but they're all bigger. They, you know, the, the, the top 20 of those businesses is 80 or 90% of the workers in, in the, in the landscape. Like that seems like yeah. a natural, a natural life cycle. Is it though? Is I it? I think it is in technology and then, uh, okay. I, I, I could see where it is, but should it be right? Should it be? I mean, I, my whole thing is, you know, like when you put out your piece about, Salesforce and and Matt tweeted it. This is a pretty good piece on Salesforce. <laughs> yeah, I know because Brian didn't challenge you on anything, right? Ah. You know, I mean, it was it was yeah, it was a great piece. Brian is a great take, but you didn't really challenge him. You didn't really ask him about what Salesforce or how the influence of rubbing shoulders with Mark Benioff and all these others, which he has for years, but now it's just more public, I guess. You know, and I am a critic of Word of of Matt of Automatic of WordPress, not just critical. I'm a critic, right? Like I want, like, here's my take on something because I ultimately care about the people who have built businesses and, and careers and provided for their family through this stuff. And I just don't like, that's the thing that drives me. Mm. That's why it's the only reason why I haven't just deleted mattreport.com because <laughs> I swear to God, man, I swear to God. It's just like, I am not ready to just give up like that. And, uh, I'm probably foolish and wasting my time, but I just feel like when you start to just come become complacent and just say, well, you know, when people say the argument of, well, uh, everyone benefits, not everyone is worth $3 billion now. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, like five for the future. How about five uh, shares of that $3 billion? Right? Like what, <laughs> what's happening here? Uh, and I'm not trying to, you know, get all, you know, uber political because I'm not that smart to understand the uh, uh, that kind of thing. But, you know, what does Matt's Twitter profile say? Something like, I can I can fast, I can wait. Like, this dude is like, he's playing the long game. <laughs> I get it, <laughs> right? Um, but I just don't think that we should just, you know, roll over on on giving up on on the dream of entrepreneurship or freedoms that we have with WordPress and, the, and, and how we can give back to WordPress. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, um, so I, I view... The WordPress economy is one that's maturing, and I feel like these are pretty natural evolutions I, of it. I don't disagree. Um, the way one of the ways I can think about it is to think of an, a new economy of something, what some you know a techno technological realm, or I mean, you could think of it with like Airbnb. Uh, it doesn't matter. So there's this idea of like these earlier entrepreneurs in those ecosystems are like prospectors. You know, they're they're going off. They get a hint of opportunity. And the floods arrive and maybe for a while the getting's pretty good for most of the people. And then after a while, like you kind of know where the big, bigger deposits are. Uh, you know, some people start to funnel out and then the rest of them kind of clump around certain spots. But then eventually, you know, like you're, you either have you own the big deposits and that's your that's your kingdom or you're like hunting for the little nuggets along the rivers or whatever, wherever those opportunities may lie. You don't always know till eventually the primary uh, 
prospector opportunities are out and the industry is in. You know, they come in and they run the big deposits and that's how it goes. And the old prospectors, they go prospect somewhere else or they go work for the folks running the the big deposit. Mm-hmm. Just made up that analogy, but like... <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of my idea of this evolution of a new economy because it feels, it feels normal uh, for how because opportunities are not equally distributed in the end of the day. Like sometimes right. you're going to have a great idea and you're going to be the next Yoast or you're going to be uh, the next Pagely or Human Made. And some days you're not, you know? Um, I want to, I want to know. Okay. So here, here's another, another thing that just like, it's this thing that's just, we don't know if or how, let me, let me, let me rephrase. I think WordPress can and has again, for over a decade, has created job opportunities for people who otherwise, you know, would be unemployed or would have just a really hard time finding a good paying job. And I think that there's still a ton of opportunity, speaking of opportunity, in in WordPress being the software that provides that opportunity is all the way down from just basically setting up a website for somebody to learning how to code and like going beyond. Right. Um, and I, I'm afraid, like, I just don't want like that core of WordPress and open source uh, to, uh, to ever go away. I mean, there's so much in local cities, in poor cities, in government where WordPress could have a huge dramatic effect, right. To enable a workforce locally, um, And that's something that's always like on my mind on like how this creates opportunity for people who are trying to find new jobs, trying to get into a new, you know, get out of an old career that's dying and into something new. And I don't know, man, like I I don't have the perfect thought process on it yet, but that's just something like I don't want to see that ever uh, erode away. uh, I think a lot of those opportunities totally still exist. They Um, still exist, but we just like... (laughs) Maybe we're in a valley of figuring out what the opportunities are. We absolutely are. We absolutely are. And that is exactly why people should not give up on WordPress. There you go. (laughs) Right? Like, that's why I don't want people to give up. So let me express one of uh, of, uh, my ideas, which has been a long time forming, but not all the way there yet. But it's basically that we've gone through a decade or more now of business evolution where people are uh, building for WordPress, like tooling and stuff. We really have not seen very much evolution in terms of people building with WordPress and going and using WordPress as a significant portion of their overall uh, product or site or whatever. For instance, the there should be a thousand WordPress.coms for every industry, or you should be building, uh, you could be building apps, web apps, or software, uh, mobile apps. Who knows what? Where WordPress is a backend, and because of all this expertise we've built up within the WordPress ecosystem, we need the ability to take that and funnel it into business ideas, where maybe your business is in the world of of dentistry or whatever, but it's using WordPress. So like you're you're not just an expert on WordPress; you're an expert on a business opportunity where WordPress becomes a significant tool. Do you think that that's still something that can happen? Am I uh, delusional thinking that that's an opportunity for people that are currently in the WordPress ecosystem, but they're not like getting out far enough? Uh, There's a lot of people doing it. There's a lot of people that did it a long time ago and got out of it. There's people still doing it now. And it goes right back to the analogy of you and sort of digging for the gold where all of a sudden, yeah, like they they eventually get, you know, scooped up by a bigger, you know, a bigger 
where? Where? I mean, like, I don't mean using it within WordPress and for WordPress, but like going out and make like making a name for themselves somewhere else. Maybe they're making a name for themselves in the uh, the the food world, like with. Well, I mean, look at Brian Castle, the restaurant engine. That's like I know, but there's like home. there's like two or three of those types of hosted WordPress type of things. But like, right. I'm talking about a point. Let's point at like significant applications with WordPress as a foundation, you know, um, or WordPress as a significant part of the tool set. So not a restaurant engine. Yeah, not the same ones that we point to in blog posts and whatnot for a long time. But something like it for a different industry. Sure. But not just that. Doesn't even have to just be that one idea. It could be, you know, the old comments about like, where's our where's our WordPress version of a, of Instagram? You know, that that was one that kind of came and died from different people, um, potentially yeah. not worthy of the opportunity. Uh, yeah. But like, where's I, the good ones? You know, the this this ethos of saying either something that's self-hosted or has these like uh, clean routes for exiting an ecosystem, but keeping your content, that type of thing. Look, I'm, the, not a, I'm not a developer. And what I do know is, well, you know, there's a million ideas. It's all about the execution. Yeah. And I think what happens is when people sit down and this is, again, this is another thing that, you know, me of me warning you know, uh, of that tweet is like developers look at it and go, I'm not going to build that thing. Antiquated, bloated, don't need it. The community can't even agree on anything. Why am I going to use it? So they go and they use something else, right? They use another code base or they use a, a framework or something like that. So you don't, you don't get to see these things built with, with WordPress right now. I mean, I was just like you, like everything was going to be a WordPress powered app or an app powered by WordPress. I think I wrote about it, like the, uh, the appification of WordPress a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, so when, we're, not, we're not doing well on that front. We're not doing well on that front, but I think what was really, what I really was charged up for about or with Matt uh, or for Matt uh, many years ago was like when he said, hey, the, you know, WordPress is going to be the operating system of the web. And when I heard that, I was thinking exactly what you were thinking. Like you could actually take bits and components of WordPress and that's the underlining operating system of the web. Now, his most recent statement about the operating system of the web is just the sheer fact that everyone's using WordPress for their website and that's the operating system of the web. I was thinking it much more like you where we could build these components out to build these apps. Now, maybe that's what we're moving towards with Gutenberg and the block-based admin components and maybe we're just way ahead of ourselves. Maybe we're the smartest guys in the room, Brian. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, maybe like maybe that's something that we're moving towards and Gutenberg will help us get there. I'm very interested to, to listen to the interview with uh, uh, DHH from 37 Signals or Basecamp now because um, he interviewed Matt because he had an outrage uh, tweet uh, when Matt said that the operating system of the web uh, is just you know more WordPress installations and you know you know and and DHH went sort of off the off the rant there saying like that's not the idea of the open web is for you to consume the entire web you know yeah and I think that's should be interesting in terms of uh, what happens there uh yeah it's out next week is what it says that'll be but on re- rework FM if anybody is curious I do know a lot of folks that are doing you know that are still, you know, pumping away of, you know, the, the WordPress powered site builder of, you know, insurance, uh, sports leagues, right? Like I know a lot of, um, some of them hosted at, at Pagely that are, that are doing those, but, um, you know, hard, hard 
hill to climb. Is it? Ha, has it been that you've seen it's a it's a tough business model? It's like everything else. It really just comes down to uh, to marketing promotion and and ad dollars, right? Because you you again you just compete against. I'm not going to use your specialized tool because it doesn't have all the bells and whistles that you know Squarespace has, Wix has, right? Yeah. I'll just do it over there, and because people are stuffing their um, their own flavor. I think the biggest look if I you know if I were to predict the page, the the obvious next choice for page builder going SaaS models it's Elementor it's either Elementor or the guys over at uh, at Visual Composer mm-hmm. right where it's um you know again talking about opportunity it's like you have to, when you get to that size you have no choice but to do everything for everyone because you can't you, your prices are so low you can't just start losing people because they're like well you don't have you're this. saying they have to become a website builder themselves and it may or may not run wordpress yeah like elementor is going to eventually compete against wordpress.com dot com yeah yeah so you just go on elementor and maybe there's wordpress in the back end but they're a hosted solution basically maybe right. with some kind of downloadable product still but they have that's a big part of their business is people just go on and start using elementor build their website and it's live yeah and if they, you know, have the the logic and the engine to pull out uh, all of those content pieces from a WordPress site and port it over to their hosted version, maybe maybe it's not even WordPress. Maybe it is. Um, they'd be smart to do that, obviously, uh, for for compatibility. But um, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a massive that's a massive you know opportunity. Uh, I, I would say that next for Elementor would be like uh, e-commerce, right? Like uh, even Syed's you know, should be moving into e-commerce sometime soon. I know nothing. I mean, I have not talked to him in a year, uh, but I mean, that's just the obvious natural transition, right? Like you have to get to the next thing that's going to get more customers. Okay. This is like a Joe Rogan episode. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're just riffing. That's how this started. That's the point. Um, So there's this idea of governance. You talked about open source CMSs in that tweet and, you know, people can go to another one. Uh, So you're obviously an advocate for open source, open source CMS, uh, systems, well, they're, that's the S in CMSs. Um, <laughs> open source CMSs, um, communities that build around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you obviously have concerns about governance, about stakeholders. In your mind, I've had a lot of these conversations over the past few months about um, governance issues. People, whether they feel like they're not appreciated enough or whether they feel like there are potentially legal concerns around how things are uh, organized right now, or whether there are just community issues where people don't want to contribute because they think it's all going to the pockets of a for-profit company, not to a nonprofit project, et cetera. What do you think would be some common sense steps if you were in a room with the primary WordPress stakeholders to say, hey, I think these are some of the things you could do to better satisfy the existing community, to encourage new members to join this community, to choose WordPress instead of other platforms, et cetera. Can I inverse that question real quick? Uh, Can I say if I was in front of the entire community, what I would say is that everybody who dedicates free time to WordPress.org is to strike one day to symbolize the need for governance in the open source project, uh, it probably won't make a dramatic impact, but it would be nice to see how many candles theoretically go up in the sky to see, you know, look, we are we are a community of, of, of contributors. So let's at least get our, our voices heard. And uh, if we pick a, a day of governance recognition, that's, that's what I would say to the community for anybody who feels like they're 
being taken. Do you think voices of. are not being heard, or do you think people feel like their voices are not being heard? People feel like their voices are not being heard. And again, like <clears throat> I'm not like the the, the the challenge here is that WordPress is still a developer heavy, heavy developer focused community. Um, you know, there's still a lot of people that are just like really talking about code and and optimizations and, and features and stuff. Um, and then there's like a lot of other people who are who are either WordPress advocates, uh, documentation people, marketing people, content people. Um, those people, I feel, are certainly not getting heard. <laughs> I mean, look at what's happened with the marketing position position uh, at WordPress.org. Uh, you know, I would say that people feel like they're not being heard. And if I were in that room with stakeholders, and this is probably like a 50 cent solution, but like there needs to be somebody other than Matt and other than a developer that is not this and somebody who is, you know, not from one side or the other, uh, somebody who's like a product manager, right? Somebody who's just out there who is like, here's where we're going with the product. Here's the, you know, here are the customers we're trying to serve and let's collect feedback about this product to improve it for everyone, which is- well, a What do you think about what Josefa's doing? She's the executive director of WordPress stuff. And do you think it's pro pro just problematic that she works for Matt or what? Yes. Yes. And it's not about the product still. It's like, it still is about like, you know, how do we get involved with the community? Start by reading this handbook. Awesome. <laughs> but, you know, I, you know, I need like there needs to be, you know, again, this is just my point of view, but there needs to be, you know, a, a community driven podcast. There needs to be other means of communication. I know it's so difficult and I'm not saying I have the answers, but there needs to be just this, this better line of communication from somebody who's not an automatic employee because there's just not a lot of trust. There. Um, and, uh, you know, somebody who can just really say like, look, we're amped up about this product. Here's what we're shooting for this year. You get it from the state of the word. I get it, but it's still, those are the, that's from Matt. We want it from somebody else. I want it from somebody else. But somebody else who has a significant say in the project, which would probably need new governance for that to, for that person to have to have a uh, a fair share of of a say, you know. Hmm. There's a so let's so so in my hometown, city, small city, the mayor, who's 27 years old, is facing 23 federal indictments. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay that's not what i was expecting <laughs> so there is this whole thing on uh should we modify the city charter and have a uh city manager we still there's still a mayor right uh, you know obviously not this guy because he'll be going to jail soon there'll still be a mayor but there's a city manager who's like doing the things um and the mayor's there for i don't know whatever other executive duties need to be uh uh, done. But, you know, because mayors can change, at least the city manager is there to keep a consistency across change in leadership. Now, maybe something like that, akin to that, right? Where like there's this, you know, this person who's not the mayor, who's not, you know, Matt or Josepha or somebody who's connected to automatic, um, can be more down to earth, connected with the community. Multiple. I was enjoying the fact that there were these little spinoff, um, uh, things that Matt was Matt was doing, where there's like there was a consumer side, there was an enterprise side, there was a hosting side, but that stuff all just fizzled away too, you know, because it just ended up being behind closed doors things. Nobody ever had the meetings. I'd love to see that happen again. Do you think some of that's because meetings were not, or because the it was behind closed doors? Maybe if they were more open initiatives, they would have happened. Um, one of the things I've seen in terms of what's 
becomes a struggle with those types of projects is that it's just hard to wrangle because whether, you know, people not showing up or not having clear missions, like all this, uh, all the open source side of things that are very challenging, like the, you know, the cathedral and the bazaar, it's right. gets pretty bizarre, <laughs> bizarre-like. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know why why that happened. And I, you know, again, I'm not as smart as Rachel and Morton who who've, have really spearheaded the governance initiative and, and so many of others that have put their time towards it, but it won't happen unless the people who are committing collectively, committing time, code, oxygen, brain cells to this project until they can be convinced that there should be a, a checks, checks and balance or a governance, right? Like, you know, six months from now, if all of a sudden core team is like, we're going to build in this Salesforce API into core, <laughs> everybody should just be like, no, <laughs> right? Like, or, no, yes. like I'm not going to do that. And I'm going to check mark right here that I said no to this and I will not do it. Um, you know, obviously dramatics there, but there should be something that, you know, if you want to get people to uh, agree to governance, then, then the, we have to reach the people who are contributing time to say that they believe that they have beliefs in what this project is about and they will only continue to contribute on behalf of those beliefs and as soon as they feel like those have been breached or uh, whatever corrupt then they back out the purpose of the wp governance project is to explore number one the governance of the wordpress open source project and its various community components and number two wordpress's role in the governance of the open web including representation in forums where decisions about the web platform and the internet are made um do you think they're like they've gotten somewhere in terms of the roles i mean haven't both uh rachel and morton basically decided to step away from it from my understanding yes uh we can learn a lot from the movie terminator <laughs> <laughs> when when you go back in time and you realize uh, the efforts being put in place look futile now, uh, but if somebody can pick up the torch and more people can get behind this idea, then, you know, we don't have to be overrun by the Terminators. We don't have to lose, you know. Um, I'm not saying we're in a resist uh, scenario, but uh, it's good on them and everyone else who, who have pushed it this far because you can't just let it sit. You can't just let it be like, oh, yeah, the markets will do its thing. Um, it's not fair to everyone who has put their time and effort into this stuff to build WordPress to where it is today. And you think you think the com community itself is at risk because people will just choose to stop participating without more of a say, a seat at the table? I think the voice of the community as has is obviously at risk as more people give up and get frustrated over this stuff. And then I think WordPress and the open source nature that we enjoy now, it can be at risk as people exit. So for me, it's two things. I don't want to see WordPress die. I don't want to see open source WordPress go away. In 20 years, I want my son to be able to build a web sons, build a website with their own content, not owned by somebody else with the same delights of WordPress that we have now. So I don't want WordPress open Hopefully source to die. Hopefully better experience. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he'll be doing it on front. I don't know. Probably doing it like in a hologram or something. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> the, um, you know, I, I don't want the community to give up because I don't want WordPress to go away. And Matt is like literally one person. What happens if he goes away? 
Yeah, what's the bus factor on leadership? Right. And on the project, who takes over? Mm, it's open source. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> you know, I, I say all this stuff like I, Matt has brought us a very, very far, long way. Yeah, way smarter than I am. I'm better looking, but he's way smarter. And like, you know, he has done a good job. But, um, you know, it, like it's at like we're at a capacity now. It's just a human problem. It's not a, it's not a software problem. It's a human problem. Um, I don't have all the answers, but I know I like blue collar digital worker. That's that's where I hang my hat in this whole community thing. Well, I'm glad to hear your perspective. And I I think it's I know you're not going to publish this now. You're just going (laughs) to you're just going to throw it in the trash. I never said that. I have every intention of publishing this. Um, I need to figure out how I can wrap all this up. But what I think you've done is I think you have pretty accurately portrayed what I see amongst various uh, components of the community that I've talked to over the last couple of years, especially. Um, but I feel like it's come more to a head maybe in the past six months or a year. Um, I don't know that there's any one thing that has gone into the way community sentiment has bubbled. Um, but I think what the types of concerns that you have, the types of desires that you have for there to be more recognition of uh, community members, input, contributors, more clarity in terms of current governance structures and plans and things like that. I think all of that makes a lot of sense. And what you've said is pretty representative of other things that I've heard. What I don't know yet is what's the like, what's the right answer to that? What's the right way for uh, helping those people feel satisfied, for benefiting the project in the best way so that it moves forward? Uh, what's fair in terms of a critique or what's not fair in terms of a critique towards project leadership? or individual corporate contributors, be it automatic or others. Um, I don't know all the answers to that, but that's a that's the type of stuff that I want to figure out. I want to I want to learn how to frame better. Um, I think some of these problems are a long time coming too. I mean the the whole like WordPress.com versus .org, what's what, what does automatic do versus the community. We obviously fight those battles every single time. Mainstream press writes about WordPress. It's been annoying for a long time. The clarity's never been there despite our best efforts. Uh, The business economy has adjusted over time. Um, I don't think any of that has been as surprising. Like the downfall of themes, shoot, it's taken six, seven years. (laughs) We had a couple of big page building companies come out of that, but the ones that were just doing regular old themes, like they did well for a few years and then they went downhill for like six or seven. Uh, Mm -hmm. So those were like the slowest deaths ever in terms of businesses. And we saw people realize it and learn to pivot over time. I mean, look at the iThemes became a whole different company by the time that they uh, sold to Liquid Web. Um, and then you're seeing things like that. You're seeing people get bought up, talent going to bigger company. I don't necessarily think all of that is bad. I agree with you. I think there's tons of opportunity. One of the biggest things I see is there are companies that do have an angle. They have a market. They're growing. And they are looking for people to come help them do that. Uh, And I think there are a lot of people that see what a job in the WordPress space looks like, and they see that as very attractive. Uh, I have two people that I'm working with right now who uh, they don't like their career uh, and they want to get into something else. One extremely technical and one uh, more like, um, you know, blue collar, like in the construction industry. But both of them smart, ready to hustle. And they're like, what? People in this space work from home and they, you know, have all this stuff going on and that looks awesome. How can I get involved in that? 
And I think there's a ton of opportunity for that in our space. And I think there's opportunity broadly as well. Um, I think we still have a ton of risks though. Like I, I see risks like we're not moving too, we're not moving fast enough. It's really hard for WordPress as a platform to compete with fully hosted, very well-funded startups. I think the big companies investing in WordPress, Automatic and, and GoDaddy and uh, EIG and, you know, whoever's willing to lend a hand towards feature development on their own platforms, maybe some of that trickles into the project. I think all of that is really beneficial. Uh, Google is another one. At the same time, each of those presents risks. Like what happens if a huge company, like especially these big, big, big ones that are more and more getting involved, you know, Salesforce or Google or who else is, you know, whoever else is out there that's interested in WordPress, they look at WordPress and they're like, uh, we're going to be the elephant that comes in the room and stomps on this baby and we do what we want with it. That's possible too. Automatic is a small fish relative to all them. Like we think Mm -hmm. Automatic is some overlord on the community. What do we do if uh, someone like Zuckerberg is like, oh, this is cool. This is 30% of the internet. I'm going to take that. (laughs) Then what? Exactly. So I see a different set of risks. Um, And especially with some of those players, like take Facebook, for example, some that have not shown a uh, propensity to uh, embrace an open web and have instead lent their careers towards closing it off. Um, I think that's our very important mission. Um, I think there will be business opportunities. I think there are people in our ecosystem and our project leadership who will help spur that along. But it's not easy. The open the open web is still a bat, an open battlefront in my mind, don't you think? I agree. And we've talked for over an hour and we haven't even said WooCommerce yet. Well, you know, <laughs> I know you said I didn't challenge Matt in my post about Salesforce, but I did challenge him from a business perspective, I think, in that if he's not paying attention to WooCommerce, right. the opportunity that's presented in WooCommerce, and for what it's worth, I think that opportunity presents itself across the board of people involved in WordPress. Mm-hmm. I think the WooCommerce component, the e-commerce component will be huge in right. the long term. I think it could end up being a majority of the business uh, flows, you know, the dollar flows in the WordPress economy. I think WooCommerce could could spur along a majority of those dollars because when you think about it e-commerce websites are worth more than blogs or marketing websites do you think that that's why he's looking for big investments right now because again you know you've you've built software products before i've built software products before and like i said earlier you're at that point where it's like i need to build these features so that i can get them out into the market and for matt it's like a thousand x like I need to finish Gutenberg so I can get to WooCommerce and solidify this whole experience. So I need to hire people. Like I need to just bring in more bodies to get to this to get to the next step. I think that's part of it too for him. Is he's got he's he's in a, a position where he's just looking at WooCommerce, going that is like a ten billion dollar business for me, just sitting right there, and I really can't push it right now. I think it is a ten billion dollar business for him, uh, and. Uh, I think the business opportunity beyond automatic is significantly larger than that. And uh, I think it should be a bigger focus for them. You know, Matt told me after the raise, they talked about some of the stuff that they're really focused on for the year. And he mentioned uh, integrating Tumblr and, uh, you know, working on Gutenberg as his two biggest priorities this year. I hope that priorities for automatic uh, and that WooCommerce team do really start to gear towards WooCommerce over the next couple of years. I think WooCommerce is quite a bit behind Shopify in terms of uh, store owner experience, but I think there's an enormous opportunity. 
we see the size that Shopify is in the market. It's tens of billions of dollars. Yeah. And I think WooCommerce can cut a slice of that and really show why uh, running a store that you own in your own way mm-hmm. has a lot of benefits. And I think there's a tremendous opportunity there. So, yeah, I think it's a huge part of that opportunity landscape. I, I also love the Tumblr acquisition. Yeah, I, mean. I do too. I want to see Tumblr as WordPress because I think that's actually one of the coolest, uh, you know, hosted things turned, uh, probably still hosted, but WordPress backed, exportable at least, yeah. salvageable. You can take it, something that you may have contributed to for eight years or 10 years or something and say, hey, look, I can take that and be on my way with it. That's an, that's an open web principle, even if it's a hosted platform. And I think it, that that's a really, in my mind, a really important concept for people to understand and for Automatic to make sure that they embrace uh, in everything that they do, an open web principle on a hosted platform. I hope people become more aware of like where they're putting their their which corporations they're putting their data, their trust, their money into. Well, that's a humanity and, thing, and that's a really hard battle. Right. Yes, I agree. So, I mean, I, I'm all for it, man. Like, if as as critical as I am of automatic in this little sphere, you know, yeah. Like, if everybody was using Tumblr as they were Twitter, all my friends are on Twitter or on Tumblr, vice versa. I move over to Tumblr in like two seconds, right? Because yeah, yeah I mean, okay. Fine. Yeah, how many, you how many then, tweets? How many tweets do we have that uh, you know they're jacks? Right. <laughs> they're, right. They're not ours. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. So I and I sometimes I wonder if that's what that's like the position Matt feels he's in. Like mm-hmm. he's got all these little fires within the WordPress community, but he sees this big right. battlefield with the big big players, and he's like, I want to make that better. Yeah. Uh, why are people not publishing their websites? Why are they? Ha- why do they have Facebook landing pages for their business URLs? Uh, you know these types of things. Like mm-hmm. he sees a big wide world of opportunity and a threat there. Uh, that that's the landscape that he's looking at. So that maybe he is missing some of the you know the bubbling the bubbling underneath the WordPress community. Maybe he is missing some of it. I don't know. Maybe he'll listen to this. Maybe he thoughts. Will. Maybe he'll maybe, think. I mean, maybe he'll think you're crazy, or I'm crazy, or we're both crazy. Listen, I I love myself. Simple Note, love that application, <laughs> right? Absolutely love it. I I live and die by that application. Um, and uh, I would love to see more stuff with VideoPress or VidPress, whatever VideoPress. I think, video but press. now, it, yeah, it's, it's it's not a standalone app anymore. Or solution. I mean, I, that would have been awesome. Like if you know, there's there's a lot of opportunity. So yeah, you're right. He's looking at all this stuff, and you know. It's like playing Sim City. All of a sudden, there's like a fire going on over here, but you're mousing over here building a new road. Like you don't care, you know. The, <laughs> that's exactly what's going on in his in his mind. So we guess. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I appreciate you for coming on and having this conversation with me. We got to figure out as a community how to how to better frame some of these things that you've brought up. And I'm going to continue to have these conversations. I've got some planned with a couple other folks. Um, Post status could not exist. Without a WordPress community. Well, that is completely true. <laughs> so we cannot let people leave, Brian. You know, um, yeah. And that's one of the things in that regard, too, is when I think of like, what is the WordPress community? Some people have talked to me as if the WordPress community is all the parts of the community that aren't automatic. And I actually think that's wrong because I think the WordPress community is the community that includes automatic. Yeah, I agree. Uh they are a very important part of the ecosystem. They're not the mm-hmm. only part of the ecosystem. That's an important difference. Um, but they are an important part of it. Um, and that's the way I look at it is, you know, like if something is good for 
Pagely and good for WordPress, that's great. If something is good for Yoast and good for WordPress, that's great. If something's good for TinUp and good for WordPress, that's great. If something's good for Automatic and good for WordPress, that's great. And I think trying to apply this constant, uh, you know, this person's in it for themselves and their own glory and all that, whether we say that about uh, Matt Medeiros or Matt Mullenweg, like, I think that's unfair. Uh, because I think most of the people that have built something in this ecosystem that we talk about as being part of the community have really done a lot to contribute back to the conversation, to the code, to something, uh, the community, and been a big part of it. And I think that we never want to, um, you know, belittle belittle those contributions. But at the same time, we want to be able to account for uh, where should we be versus where are we in -hmm. terms of leadership and communication and uh, vision, like you said. Mm -hmm. And I think those are important principles to to figure out. So, all right. We figured it out. We figured it out. We solved it. (laughs) So you haven't deleted mattreport.com. I have not. So people can go there. People can go there. They can see a new website, a new logo. Um, oh yeah, you did the uh, you did the thing with the with the I, yeah with Beaver Builder. Um, the 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 gradients. Did the gradients brought the gradients back? Gradients are back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I set the good. trend for the web. You built a, you built a website with Beaver Builder, self hosted using Pagely. <laughs> You're working at Pagely. What are you doing at Pagely? You selling stuff, right? I sell stuff, man. I I get on the phone. I talk about. Sometimes I have to sell people on WordPress, if you can believe that. I can, uh, but but otherwise, it's uh, it's it's selling them on the Pagely way of hosting, the right way to host a website. Oh, look at that! <laughs> they're a post ass partner, but I don't know if they're the one for this podcast. But they just became one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for what you do, Matt. I appreciate that you care that you are willing to express your uh, your voice, even if it's uh, against the grain, with the grain, whichever way, you're willing to be out there and, and say your part. So I appreciate that and what you do in the community. People go to mattreport.com and you can check out Matt's latest episodes. He's got... He's got so much stuff, YouTube channels, everything. I'm about to upload a video to youtube.com slash plugin tut for uh, six ways for you to not hate Gutenberg. (laughs) You got to go. What do you do over there? You click bells and and smash that like button. Smash smash the like button. That's what it is. Yeah, I am. That is mm, that's a whole world unto its own. But I'm glad that you're there. All right. We'll catch y'all next time. Go to postass.com and we will see you soon. Bye.